I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our Sunday morning online internet church service. And I'm so glad that you're here because I believe with all of my heart that God is going to speak to you today through His Word by the Holy Spirit, and you're going to get the answers that you need to solve the challenges that you're facing in life. Every answer is found in this book, and it's a living book, a living word, and God will be speaking to you today. We're going to jump into the main message here in just a few minutes. But first, let's honor the Lord today with our tithes and offerings and bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God so that we may continue to preach the gospel around this great, big, beautiful world. Praise God. Now, let me give you a scripture that will build your faith for God's blessings in your life along the line of financial provision. The book of Job chapter 2 verse 9, we find Job in a situation sitting in ashes, wearing sackcloth, scraping himself with a potsherd because of the boils that have broken out all over his body. His sons have all been killed. All of his children have been killed. So much of his livestock representing his wealth has been wiped out, and he sits there, overwhelmed in sorrow and grief, and his wife comes up to him in verse 9 and says, Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. Ah, notice that amazing statement that is made revealing a valuable character asset of Job. His wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Oh, give it up, Job. Can't you see it? Does it work? Look where it's gotten you. Oh, but when all the wealth was there and he was the wealthiest man in the East, then then uh, his integrity. Yes, Job, you're a very integrous man. But uh, he was celebrated. He was honored in the city, honored at the gate of the city, respected by elders, respected by youth, respected by all of his employees. And his name was known abroad. But now that he has had a setback, because there's a cosmic test going on in the background that he was unaware of at this time, now that he's in a moment of trial, he is tempted by the devil working through the woman to say to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Wealth is not accidental. I know that there are people that uh, the few that are out there, there's not very many. Maybe you've never met one in your life who's won the lottery. I've only met one person in my life that won a lot of money uh, in the lottery. I, be- I remember when I was on the plumbing field, we went over to the, uh, a certain house to work on a man's uh, uh, plumbing problem. Uh, and he, uh, he was the guy that had won uh, millions and millions of dollars in a lottery. And, uh, but you know what, if you're in that realm, that realm gets all over you. And he, he looked like a, a, a Vegas high roller. I mean, this is, he lived in Southern California, but uh, he, he looked like the rhinestone cowboy walking around every day, even in the morning at breakfast when we were there. I mean, he just looked like he had just stepped away from the blackjack table with uh, rhinestones and, uh, uh, you know, the, all the, everything to go with it. It was just also 
cheesy and gaudy and really goofy looking. Uh, and uh, so what had happened, that spirit had come on him. He had won the lottery. He had wealth, but that spirit of the lottery was on him, and that that gambling thing was all over him. Uh, so you know, you play in that realm, you walk on that turf, uh, then you'll become like that. So that's accidental wealth. That type of wealth, I wouldn't want anything to do with. Um, uh, that that's that's messy stuff. Praise God. We're not talking about that kind of wealth. We're talking about wealth that is earned and is produced through operating on what we could call biblical principles. And there are many unbelievers who are very wealthy who are following biblical principles. And if you follow those principles, they will, they will work for you. The principles will work for you. Even if you're an unbeliever, you can be a Christian you can build your own airplane and the laws of aerodynamics that God established in the earth will work for you and your plane will fly. You can be an unbeliever. Uh, you could have all kinds of sin in your life, but if the unbeliever builds an airplane and that plane conforms to the laws of aerodynamic has the proper wing uh, coefficiency, the proper drag, uh, everything's done the right way. His airplane will fly just like yours will. Why? Principles of flight, of aerodynamics, hold it up, cause it to work. So you can be an unbeliever and still prosper financially because what? You're working biblical principles. One of those things is uh, involved in these laws or uh, principles, even spiritual laws, I'll call them, that God has established is that wealth is associated with integrity integrity glory to God and it's that integrity that will help get you up and help your wealth to stay up praise God glory to God thank you Jesus you know what uh, if you're in the parts industry you can't sell a used part and tell your customer that's new well they'll never know well the the the, the rules know praise God. The Lord knows the laws that affect it. No. And so if you sow into that, that's what's going to come back on you. So it's very important that we operate in integrity, even in those areas where it may not appear that it will be found out. And so maybe you think, well, I can fudge the numbers. No, no, don't, don't fudge the numbers. If it's anybody's going to be found out, it'll probably be you. <laughs> so don't do that. You want to have integrity like Joseph, like Job here that we see Mordecai, Daniel. These men were very, uh, uh, integrous men who rose to very high positions in their respected career field. And they were all known for their integrity. Job's wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? He's basically like, yep, I sure do. Even if it kills me, I'll hold fast to it. <laughs> oh, it's amazing that if you're willing to take a stand and not compromise, you actually won't go under. You'll actually go over. People think they have to compromise in order to maybe get in or make the deal or something like that. Uh, but if you compromise, it will come back to bite you later. What? really is integrity. Integrity is not compromising your conscience and not compromising God's word for the sake of some form of gain. And, uh, you know, there's, there's just many, many areas where, uh, things can be snuck through 
uh, you know, uh, done secretly, but you want to walk in integrity because by the way, every day there are thousands that get busted. And if they had not been doing anything wrong, then there's, there's no problem when there's an audit. There's no problem when there's an investigation, but if you're up to something naughty, then you would certainly have reason to be concerned. I remember one time uh, I had gone overseas with my wife and I, uh, I'd gone overseas to minister and, uh, you know, the offering that was given to me at the completion of my time of ministry, uh, was, was quite abundant. I was very thankful for it. The people had really sowed uh, into my life. And so, um, you know, I had, I had quite a bit of cash and so I'm, I'm in a foreign nation. Well, eventually the conference is over. Uh, I, I have my offering. Now it's time for me to uh, eventually leave the hotel, head to the airport, get on the plane and fly back to my home here in the good old USA. Oh, oh, but you know, if you're going to get on the plane, you're going to have to fill out the, the, the declaration form. And if you know that the travel international, that if you're coming into America or leaving, of course, but I'm coming in, if you're coming in and you have over $10,000 cash, you have to declare that. And I had over $10,000 cash. Well, oh, oh, Pastor Stephen, don't declare it because if you declare it, well, then they, they, they might tax you for that. And thus you'll have to, you know, that'll show up on your, um, your tax record and uh, you, you're going to have to end up uh, paying taxes on that. Or if you declare it, then you might be interviewed by the customs officers and they might uh, give you a hard time of where you got it from or stuff like that. And who knows what may happen? No, just do what the rules say. It says that if you have cash over $10,000, you have to declare it. In other words, you have to report that. And so um, I did praise God. And you know, that way, when I come through customs, I'm not sweating. I I've, I've declared it. I have, I have nothing to hide. If you want to check my bags, go ahead and check it because everything that's in there is written on that piece of paper and you're not going to find anything on me on my wife or in the bags. That's not on that piece of paper. Cause I've declared everything I've got. Woo. Everything that needs to be declared. Praise the Lord. You know, in, uh, airports, uh, mainly international airports, there are police dogs, custom, uh, I, uh, more technical name, the, the custom border patrol dogs that are sniffers. Yes, Pastor Stephen, they're sniffing for drugs. They're sniffing for the illegal importation of fruit and ivory. Ah, yeah, they've got dogs that do that. You know, they also have dogs that are trained to sniff cash. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. And these dogs, will go, they go around and they can smell large wads of cash. And they'll, the customs officers, they'll stop you right there in the airport. And if you've got that cash on you and you have not declared it over that amount, they can confiscate the whole thing. And every day, every day, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, some days going into the millions are confiscated every single day. So I, I've traveled a, a lot internationally and I do that. I, I declare customs. Why? It's the right thing to do. Now, preferably I'd like it that every time I travel, I'm coming back with that wonderful problem. I have to make a declaration because I've been so blessed. Praise God. But here's the thing. A lot of people don't want to report certain things, do certain things by the book 
because they either they want to not pay taxes or they want to do these things. And look, if, uh, if you're messing with fraud, if you're fudging numbers, if you're cheating on, on your exams, uh, high school students, or if you're in college, you're cheating on your test. Um, these are all, these are things that disqualify you in the eyes of the Lord for coming into true wealth. Job's wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? So let me ask you that question as well. Do you hold fast to your integrity? Hmm. Praise God. Um, I live as, as many of you know, that watch me around the world. I, I live here in North Carolina. North Carolina and Virginia are the two biggest states in America, maybe the two biggest areas in the world for the production of tobacco. And, you know, of course, uh, tobacco has grown um, uh, not to make lampshades out of. Tobacco is grown for people to roll it up in the cigarettes and smoke it. And so there's a lot of tobacco products sent all over the world, and they're all coming out of uh, my home state and my neighboring state up above me, uh, which would be the state of Virginia. Praise God. Hallelujah. But you know what? If I, if I ever needed a job, let's say I'm not in the ministry. Let's say I'm, I'm just whoever, and I'm looking for a job. If I'm looking for a job, my conscience would be violated now, this is just me. Everybody's different. My conscience would be violated if I were to take a job at a tobacco company because my conscience would be saying, you are helping to build, support, promote, package, and sell a product that's killing people. That The, the Apostle Paul said, work a good job with your hands. He didn't just say work a job. He said, work a good job with your hands. Uh, I don't know if, if killing people is a good job. I don't know if an industry of death is something that would meet that qualification, at least not my understanding of the scriptures. There's a lot of Christians that work a lot of funny jobs. Trust me, I used to minister a lot in Las Vegas. <laughs> Woo! Well, there's a lot of Christians sitting out there in those meetings uh, who the night before were working a job. Uh, and I'm not saying your job has to be selling Bibles. You understand that. But uh, that doesn't mean you have to be selling pornography. Uh, I mean, there is a line somewhere out there, praise God, where uh, there's a right and a wrong. Praise the Lord. And as you grow with the Lord, uh, you get stronger in the Lord, and you just sometimes you just put your foot down. And you say, I'm not going to do that. Oh, but Pastor Stephen, they got they have needs too, and they just trying to meet their needs and put food on the table. Well, that's what the prostitute says. She's just trying 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 to put food on the table. Couldn't get a job somewhere else. That was the only job available, so she got in the prostitution. I mean, so where, when do you draw the line and hold fast to integrity? that says, I'm not going to do that if I have to starve. Well, we're not going to give you a job if you're not willing to do that. Well, I'm not going to take that job if that's what you require me to do. Well, you can just go hungry then. Well, if that's what it meant, then I would go hungry. But watch what God will do when you hold fast to integrity. You'll never go hungry. Praise God. You'll continue on and you'll be blessed. The reason why people compromise and do things like that, they have no integrity. They have no... Uh, they have no areas of consciousness where they realize that there are moral standards. Praise God. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, if you follow the line of integrity, you'll come into durable riches. That's mentioned in the book of Proverbs chapter 8, verse 18. Walk with the Lord, walk with wisdom, walk with integrity. You will be brought into durable riches, not crooked riches. Praise the Lord. I'm speaking to somebody. Uh, I think in our society today, there's a lot of fraudulent stuff. We see it in the corporate world of uh, where money is moved through stocks, uh, things like that. A lot of cheating people uh, doing insider trading, uh, things like that. Uh, you see it particularly with people falsifying uh, their job uh, uh, applications, saying they graduated from a certain college and they never graduated or, you know, uh, some, some of the lies can be uh, quite blatant. Uh, you'd have to think, well, don't they think they're going to get caught? Well, I, maybe they're just desperate, you know, but people do things like that. My friends, if you want to come into wealth God's way, it's not accidental. You have to on purpose follow his principles. And that includes walking in integrity. Don't lie, cheat, or steal in order to try to get ahead, sell something, or make some form of profitable gain. That's not the way to do it. You don't have to do that stuff. Woo! Glory to God. His wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. Mm, and he held fast to his integrity and got it all back. Got it all back. Why? God was his source. When you understand God's your source, you don't have to compromise to do this stuff. Why? Those things aren't your source. God is. And if you will walk with the Lord and honor him, he will see to it that there will be a supply flowing through some channel somewhere that will come to you and you'll get a good job. Hallelujah. You'll get a good job with good pay, with good benefits. You'll get it. Hallelujah. God's got it for you. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You can lay your head down at night feeling comfortable, your conscience being clean, knowing that you're not doing something that you shouldn't be doing. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I wouldn't be surprised if there are some Christians who actually work in the abortion industry. And sometimes you try to talk to certain believers who are into certain things. They'll try to justify anything. But really, you look them in the eye, you know, and they know they've compromised. They'll never really say it, but there is heavy, heavy compromise in those areas. And so they are outside of the access into God's blessing. You're going to have to walk in integrity. We see that in all the wealthy people of the Bible. Job, having tremendous wealth, had tremendous integrity. Mm. May that be your testimony as well. Woo! Who was it? Abraham Lincoln, when he worked as a store clerk, realized at the close of the day when he counted the cashier's drawer that somebody, uh, and he, he identified it as having been a lady who came in earlier and bought some sewing equipment, had overpaid by two cents. And if I'm correct, just off the top of my head, he walked five miles to her house and gave her her two pennies. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Woo! Glory to God. And went on to become a very good uh, president. Praise God forever. All right, let's get ready to honor the Lord today. 
Let's bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse. When you do, on the little notation, on your giving, on, on your giving and on your tithing, write integrity. Okay, write that integrity. You might want to even write this. I hold fast to my integrity. Okay, that takes a little longer to type out, a little longer to write. Why don't you pop it in there? I hold fast to my integrity. Woo! You'll be rewarded and honored by the Lord as you do. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. There's just an anointing kind of resting right now. The Lord's really helping some people uh, right here. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. Hallelujah. This, you know, when you get a good job, it doesn't mean that you don't work around sinners. You've heard my testimonies. I've worked around some of the most vilest sinners. Uh, some of them that most people could never tolerate or put up with because of their heinous sin, heinous profanity and things like that. Yet God had me work there. But the work I was doing was noble work, was honest work. It was work that, that was a blessing for humanity. Okay, so you can, you can look for that job. That's good work. God will help you, whatever that atmosphere, whatever that is, he'll put you where you're supposed to be. And there'll be grace for that. So, Father, we thank you. There are breakthroughs coming. We give you praise that integrity is integrated with wealth. Thank you, Father. Let there be great levels of integrity in your people. Thank you. I release that anointing into your life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You'll have such a good name. A good name is to be, be preferred over great riches. You're going to have a good name. You, you, and, and you're also going to have the riches, the great riches. Praise God. You can have both. But we follow integrity. That's, that's, that's got to be there. It's got to be central. It's got to be core. Praise God. Settle that in your heart. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And if the Holy Spirit convicts you when you're doing something, you need to back off. There's a lot of uh, uh, unintegrous stuff that can take place in churches where people like that, that are in the network marketing, they're trying to work over all the church members. See, that, that's what pastors and elders have to kind of do. They're kind of like, uh, most people, they just go to church, you want to have a nice time, worship the Lord, hear a good message. They don't understand a lot of times what all, what the ministers have to deal with, because there are wolves that are trying to take advantage all, all over the place. And those are things that pastors, assistant pastors, elders, they always have to work out uh, for, watch out for, protect the sheep because there are people in there that would, they would be so brazen and crude. They would even come into the house of God and try to abuse God's people and turn it into a place of money exchange. Praise God. See Jesus flipping over the money changers table, driving out the money changers and driving out the livestock and letting all the birds loose. He, he wasn't against the fact that, Hey, you travel a long distance. You need to exchange your money. Uh, let, let's just do away with all no, He's not against that. He's against the, the money trap. It was a money trap to extort people, to take advantage of people, the price gouge people and to get, get the people off the idea of worship and just get them, you know, 
just wring the money out of them. That's all, that's all it was. Right there in the temple of God. Right there in the temple of God. Praise the Lord. I, I think we have to be very, very integrous, very, very careful about this because there's people passing out business cards in church. They're not, they, 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 they would do it right in front of Jesus if Jesus was standing there. And they're passing out cards trying, trying to make money in church. Crazy, crazy stuff. Hallelujah. No spiritual clue. No spiritual sense. <laughs> I, I, I'm concerned about people like that when the glory begins to come in. That those, those are the type of the people that will, um, they're going to be in the same, same category with Ananias and Sapphira. It, it, takes, it takes stuff like that to cause the potential Ananias and Sapphira's to back off and say, oh, I, I, I'd better, I'd sure like to do it, but I better not do it. Mm, I, might, I might get caught by God. Mm. It takes some heat like that. that. That's why we need the glory. That's why we need the presence of the Lord to put that stuff down. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. And anytime there's moving of the spirit, revival, glory, uh, God's moving. A lot of that goofy stuff starts happening. A lot of that goofy stuff starts happening. Just people in the flesh doing things like that. We must honor the Lord. We must walk in integrity. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Pass out your business card some other time. You don't need to do things like that in the house of God. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, they asked me for my business card. Well, give it to them out in the parking lot as you're leaving. And don't be trying to give a sales pitch in the parking lot. Don't, don't, don't do stuff like that. Praise God. Have integrity. Have integrity. Praise the Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, bless your people. Bless your people with the high level of character of integrity. We thank you in Jesus' name that they're going to be like Job. They're whole, they will hold to their integrity. They will hold to their integrity. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Bless your people. Amen. One more thing. Scripture tells us that God's that, that God has exalted his word above his own name. Well, that doesn't make any sense, Pastor Stephen. Yes, it does. Because if your word's no good, then your name is no good. Okay? So you you should exalt your word above your own name. Well, I'd like to have a good name. Well, then you need to have a good word. Your yes needs to be yes, and your no needs to be no. You need to keep your word, and you need to do what you say, and, and follow through, and keep the promises that you make. And when you do that, you'll also be very, very careful about making commitments. It, it helps you to really guard your heart, because you always want to be able to back up what you do. Praise God. So endeavor to be that person. God's blessing is on you. We're all growing in this grace. Lord, we thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Those of you that are mailing in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina, our zip code 28117. If you would like to bring them in online, please go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org click on the link on the homepage called tithes and offerings sow and reap praise God make that little notation I hold fast to my integrity Woo! 
Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Mmm. It's all around the zit in it. Think about Hollywood. You could have a you could have a lady climbing the ladder in the movie industry. She's done some small level movies. They say, hey, we'll give you the big movie if you're willing to uh, do the shower scene and you, you go topless. You, we'll give you the big movie and you'll you'll get fifteen million dollars if you're willing to do that. Will you hold fast to your integrity? Mm-hmm. We'll give you $5,000 if you look the other way while we cut this deal over here to give this person the contract. He doesn't come in first place on the bidding, but he's the cousin of so-and-so. And, you know, we like to do things the family way. Oh, hey, you know, uh, you know, what are you going to do? These things bounce around this glory to God. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. It's a trap. It's a temptation sent straight from Satan himself. I'm, I'm screaming out to you with a pleading, peaceful, uh, just appeal. Don't touch it. It is a setup. It's bait of the enemy. Don't touch it. Woo. Glory to God. We're having a good time today. Let us take our Bibles and go to the book of Exodus chapter 16. Exodus chapter 16, and I I think that today's message, I personally find it fascinating. I find it illuminating and revelatory. So let's get ready to jump into the Word of God. Let's visit Exodus chapter 16, and let's drop on down to verse 11. Heavenly Fathers, we go into your Word today. Let your Holy Spirit just illuminate the Scriptures. Let them come alive. Let us eat it up like a T-bone steak with mashed potatoes and gravy in Jesus name. Amen. Glory to God. Verse 11. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel speak to them saying at twilight, you shall eat meat. And in the morning you shall be filled with bread and you shall know that I am the Lord, your God. Okay. So then he's going to feed them with quail. Now let's go on down to verse. Let's go down to verse 14. And when the layer of dew lifted there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. Fascinating. Praise the Lord. We'll continue on in Exodus chapter 16. Let us now go down to verse 31. And the house of Israel called its name manna. In the Hebrew, it's, it actually means, what is it? Okay. Well, what it is, is the name manna. We're going to have to give it a name. Let's call it manna. And it was like white coriander seed. And the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Verse 35. And the children of Israel ate manna Mm-mm-mm. 40 years until they came to an inhabited land. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Well, that's an interesting statement. Let's pick it up at the land of Canaan then. Let's turn now over to the book of Joshua. We're now moving to Joshua chapter 5, and I would like for you to meet me in chapter 5. And let's go down to verse 11. It says, And they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. Then the manna ceased. That's what we're talking about today, the ceasing of the manna. I, I want to say this. You're still going to have miracles in your life. 
you're still going to have miracles in your life but I see you in places where you don't need them you'll get miracles and God will do miraculous things in your life and you'll think it's wonderful it's more wonderful when you don't even need it and you still get a miracle I want to talk about that because the manna in your life is ceasing praise God now the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land and the children of Israel no longer had manna but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year Lord we give you praise they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year glory to God the manna is now gone why why was the miracle manna suspended what caused God to put the wraps on it well I think that we need to understand that this went on for 40 years that's one of the longest miracles sustained miracles recorded in the Bible 40 years what is a miracle a miracle is a suspension of a natural law well that's good pastor Stephen we need more of these suspension of these laws these laws are no good no who created the natural laws not the devil God did and after he had completed all of his work he stepped back and looked at it and said it's very good yes it's all good everything that God created is good well pastor Stephen I don't like gravity I don't like this this gravity that we have to struggle against every day well God designed that as a law a natural law and we should be thankful for it because if we didn't have gravity our muscles would they would atrophy they would shrink and so having gravity allows us to exert effort and exert uh, energy and uh, you know it keeps us going one of the problems with the astronauts is that in space there's no what there's no gravity and when they're on that space station up there for six months sometimes a year and they come back they they can't get up out of that stretcher they are wiped out I mean they can't even lift their hand they can't walk for a long long time even in space if they run on treadmills which the astronauts do that doesn't translate the strength when they come back when they come back to earth after a long time in space without gravity their bodies have uh, atrophied terribly and um, it's a real rehabilitation process well they're willing to go through that to be guinea pigs for the whatever space agency it is that they're involved in but my friends we need these natural laws Uh, it makes life enjoyable and uh, I I like it that you can go out into life and uh, just kind of like you know go to work and do what you're supposed to do and understand how things work and uh, and you know what it's good it's comfortable praise God so the laws are good but when you have a miracle the laws are lifted watch this they are lifted only temporarily Mm. well pastor Stephen this one lasted for 40 years well in the 6,000 year history of humans uh, you know 40 years is just a little bit of a speck of sand in the uh, bucket of time that has passed miracles even the long ones are still very very short lived they're temporary 
Um, I do like miracles. I have taught on miracles. God has given me a miracle ministry. I've seen many miracles happen when I pray for people. I've had many miracles take place in my life, but you understand you can't make God do a miracle. Miracles often take place when we get into a position that many times, if we're honest, it's really what we're looking at is a crisis situation. And I don't like crisis situations. I know that God can do miracles, but I would rather not be in that situation in the first place. I would rather be in a place of blessing where I don't even need a miracle. Now, those of you that have listened to me uh, teach for quite a few years, you understand that I love miracles. I'm not anti-miracle. I'm big time on miracles, big time on prayer, big time on the power of God. I like all of that, but I like it. I like miracles to show up when I don't need them. I really don't want to be in a place where I need a miracle, constantly needing a miracle, constantly needing a miracle. I would rather be in a place where I come into the Canaan land, into the promised land, where I step into my inheritance for the Israelites, the literal promised land of Israel, the land of Canaan, with grape clusters so big that two men can't even carry it on a pole. We've got to have some extra support just to carry one cluster of grapes. What kind of a land was that? That was their promised land. And in Christ, all spiritual blessings are ours in Christ. So we have an inheritance that we go into also, and we begin to possess our land, taking it by faith. And when you understand the flow of the blessing, the power of the blessing, then the miracles stop. They, they, they begin to thin out the more you get into the blessing of your promised land. Follow along with me with what I'm teaching you today. I believe this will answer some questions for some of you who find yourself in a predicament of always needing a miracle. It's almost as if you go from crisis to crisis to crisis. If that is your testimony, something, listen to me today, something is not right. Okay? Now, I like miracles. I know very, very well what it's like to go from crisis to crisis to crisis. I can look back and see uh, areas of my life years back where I used to live like that. And I, I actually thought it was normal. And as a Pentecostal, I even kind of celebrated it. We, we like miracles as Pentecostals. And, oh, God came through right at the last minute. Right when I was about to go under, God came through. But guess what? The next month, I needed another miracle. Oh, we're believing God for a miracle. And right at the last minute, God comes through again. But you know what? That can really stretch your nerves. Not that God can't come through, but uh, why don't we work principles? Why don't we follow biblical laws, natural laws, and spiritual laws? Why don't we work those, cooperate with that, and come into a place of blessing instead of being in this area where, whoo, I sure hope God comes through or we're done this time. Well, we thank God that he can come through, that he can do miracles, but let's get over to a place where we're not reliant on that manna anymore. By the way, 
I'm sure it tasted good. It's like a little honey wafer. Isn't that nice? Uh, It was even referred to as angel's food. But even still, after 40 years, wouldn't it be nice to have spaghetti with, uh, you like with a nice sauce, nice Italian tomato sauce? Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be nice to maybe have some pizza or order out and let's get some grilled seafood? How about that? Let's take a break tonight from the manna and let's get something different on the menu. You can do that when you go into the promised land. When you go into the promised land, the manna says, it's been nice, but I'm drying up. I'm leaving. I'm now just for the angels. Okay. You go eat what you're supposed to eat. Miracles are designed by God to be temporary. You're not supposed to live on them. Will God do miracles? Yes, but it's a lot funner when they just come when uh, you're not even really expecting them. Boom. God, there's a miracle as compared to like, whoo, I need it. God bail me out again. And as I've said, I had been in those places, not walking in the wisdom of God, not knowing the principles of God's word, just out there winging it out there going by the, the, uh, as we call flying by the seat of your pants. Oh yeah. I, I mastered that years back. Oh, <laughs> I was always on the edge, but, um, I, I, I like life now in the Lord. Oh, not that I'm not daring, not that I'm not adventurous, not that I put my faith on the shelf. It's just that I've gone further into the blessing. I've gone further into the promised land. I don't really need the manna anymore. I don't need a healing miracle. Oh, God, give me a healing miracle. Why? Well, I'm not sick. Uh, There's no disease in my body. There's no sickness in my body. There's no pain in my body. I don't need God to do a miracle in my body. And I'll be honest, that's nice. What's greater? What's greater? Walking in health every day, walking in health every day, or constantly needing a miracle in your body. Which would you rather have? Oh, God, do a miracle. It's coming back on me, Lord. Lord, do a miracle. Or you just live pain-free, and, you know, you just keep on going, wake up, do everything you're supposed to, and you just keep pressing on. Your body is not limited. You have no physical handicaps. You just keep on going. What's, which would you rather have? Praise the Lord. I would suggest you take the blessing. Why? The blessing. Now, watch this. I'm taking you into the promised land. The blessing is permanent. The blessing is constant. The blessing of the Lord is consistent. Miracles are designed by God to be temporary. A miracle is a temporary suspension of natural laws. And after God is done, the miracle is over. It goes back to the way it was before. Exodus chapter 14, God told Moses, lift up your staff, stretch out your arms and part the waters. I love that because I believe God wanted Moses to like, go like that and command the waters to be be parted. So it was, it was the working of miracles. When you're under the gift of working in miracles, God's working the miracle through you. So you have to be involved in the working of it. So Moses stretched his hands out and parted his hands. And when he did the waters parted. Woo! Glory to God. Yeah, Pastor Stephen, I went to Israel last year, and I went over there, and I looked at that Red Sea, and the waters are still parted. Amazing. 4,000 years, and they're still separated. 
Yep, I walked through them and looked up at the side. Waters were still all congealed. Amazing to see those fish frozen in place. It's not true, is it? It's not true, is it? Say this, say miracles are designed to be temporary. Temporary. Say it. I want to hear you on the internet today. Say temporary. Mm, glory to God. The Israelites crossed over on dry ground. Moses turns back around. God says, now close them back up again. Close them back up. And he does. And they've been closed ever since. Temporary miracle. Great miracle? Yes. Yes. Inspirational? Oh, absolutely. But it was only temporary. It was only temporary. It's now time to go into the promised land. Possess the blessing. Well, I'd like to see that again, Pastor Stephen. Why? Are the Egyptians chasing you? Why, why do we need that again? Is Pharaoh hot on your trail? <laughs> well, then maybe we would need to see that happen again. But no, you don't need that. You don't need that miracle. I don't understand why it's not happening. Because you don't need it. Mm. A lot of those miracles in my life that I had earlier in my life when I you're just flying by the seat of my pants, a lot of those miracles don't happen anymore. I'm talking about last second come throughs of the Lord where, whoo, Lord, that was coach. God, that, that was close. Whoo, thank you. I don't really see that anymore. Why? I don't need it. I, I'm not under that pressure anymore. <laughs> and I'm glad. I'm glad. Do I still see miracles? Yes. Most often when I pray for others. Does God do, do miracles for me? Yes. But many times the things he does, I, I don't even, I don't need it. It's just, how can we say his goodness? I see it on the cake. Am I believing for great things? Yes. But I'm getting there. I'm getting there through the blessing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Jesus walked on the water. He walked on the water. It's fun when you go to the Sea of Galilee, get out in the middle of the, uh, of the lake, you know, turn the engine off on the boat and sit there and just think about it. Yeah. Wow. He walked right through here, came right through here. Wow. Peter stepped out with him. Yep. But if you step off that boat, uh, unless the Lord calls you out, if you step off that boat, you're, you're going to go under. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Temporary. Temporary. Praise God. Lord, we give you praise. I was listening to um, Gloria Copeland and Billy Brim speak some years back about a subject of biblical translation of how many of the great prophets were translated from one place to another, taken by the Spirit of God. Ezekiel translated from uh, Babylonian captivity, and he's taken all the way back to Jerusalem and allowed to see what's taking place. Elijah translated alive from earth up into heaven. And Philip the uh, translated after he had baptized the Ethiopian eunuch 40 miles away to a different city. And many, many other examples, and countless examples. And I, I would not over-exaggerate I would probably say thousands of examples of, of Christians throughout church history being translated, including yours truly. Praise God. So, uh, a miracle of the Lord. Absolutely. Well, uh, Gloria Copeland and Billy Brim were talking about uh, uh, translation, Bible examples of it, and, you know, some more modern day stories. And they were talking about a pastor 
And I can't remember where they said he was from, maybe from Russia, uh, uh, Eastern Europe or somewhere like that. And uh, he he had a remote church. Uh, also in a communist area, a lot of persecution, but there are many other churches in hiding that were kind of spread around. And what would happen on the Sunday mornings, if I remember the story correctly, he would go into his prayer closet, he would begin to pray, uh, he'd get all dressed, of course, and as he would get prayed up, the Spirit of God would translate him to the various churches where he could go there in person. He would be translated in the Spirit, but he would show up in person and um, he would just hop around to these churches and preach the gospel. And he was doing stuff like that on a regular basis until, and uh, by the way, he was doing that for years until, until some members in the church, when they got some extra money, purchased a car for him and gave him a car. And the moment he got the car, the translation stopped. And they said he, he hated the car. <laughs> I mean, he liked the car, you know, heating, air conditioning, and things like that. But translation is so fast. Foom, 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 you know. But he got the moment he got that car, God never translated him again. Praise the Lord. I'm helping some of you. Praise the Lord. I. Years back, Mel Torrey wrote the book, Like a, like a Mighty Wind, that talked about how he and others were evo- uh, involved in a great outpouring of the Spirit. Uh, God was hitting these uh, uh, areas of Indonesia, and many areas where people uh, formerly had never heard the gospel. They were taking the gospel into these areas, and people were getting saved, uh, and God was doing great, great miracles. And so, as they would hit off at times to minister into these remote areas off in the jungle. Uh, Sometimes they would have to cross the river. And of course, wouldn't you know it, the river would be at flood stage and, uh, you know, raging rapids and, you know, a long distance across. And uh, I remember the the first time Mel Torrey said he walked across uh, that great river and uh, that he had got about halfway out there. And when the others on his team saw that he kept on going, they said, we're going to, we're going to go too. And he would, he turned around and waved him on, you know, but he's walking on the water. He's walking on the water and they, uh, they would go minister all day long in the jungle and then come back. They'd have to walk back across it again by faith. And that, that happened quite a few times. Well, pastor Stephen, let's go over there. Let's go to that same area and let's do the same thing. Well, it doesn't work like that. Why not, Pastor Stephen? Well, because they, they built a bridge. <laughs> Woo! So if they built the bridge, what do you do? You follow natural laws unless God intervene, uh, intervenes and moves upon you by the Spirit where there is an overriding of natural law. Now we have stepped into a miracle. If there's a miracle, you work that miracle, you step into it, and, um, and then, you know, a miracle happens. But remember, they are temporary. They're temporary. And you know what? If you have a plane, if you have uh, a car, or whatever it might be, uh, or a bridge, uh, you, need to, you need to start crossing the bridge. Praise the Lord. Some believers don't, they, they, they don't understand this. I'm trying to help some that are young in the faith, some that are older in the faith, but you, you keep missing it because you keep trying to uh, do things that are violating spiritual laws. 
spiritual loss. And you wonder why you're going from crisis to crisis is because you're, you're not doing something that you're supposed to be doing. You're, you're missing it somewhere. And I talk to a lot of believers that have money problems and they think it's because they don't have enough money and they have a lot of money coming in. But the reason why they're having these troubles is because they're not managing their money right they're, they're, They are violating certain principles. They, they either, they don't have a budget and they just spend without, you know, principles of establishing a budget. And you know, you, you can't go over that. Well, they go over it anyhow, or, you know, they just, they buy things that they shouldn't buy, or they can't, they can't, uh, you know, do things with the self-control. They, they can, but they won't control it. And they just make wise decisions, excuse me, unwise decisions. And then they, they, they're perplexed. Why, why do I have all these problems? Because you're not following principles. Well, pastor Stephen pray for me that God do a miracle. Well, if you walk in the blessing, this will be our last prayer. Okay. That we ever have to pray this. This will be the last time that we ever have to pray this. I was talking to a, a minister with a global ministry and I said, I said, what's going on with this one network? It seems like they're always having money problems. He said, Stephen, he said, you're right. He said, it's as if they go from crisis to crisis. And that's not, that's not the way God intends for it to be. You can be a Christian with a great calling and you're, you're even reaching many people, but you're just you're running on hit and miss. Your, your, your engine is misfiring. Cylinders are not working and you may be moving, but you're not moving the way you're supposed to. So you resort now to goofy tactics, you know, appeal letters that are all in the flesh, marketing techniques that just reek with soulish carnality. And you're doing all these things to try to raise money. And, uh, uh, and I'm not saying that, that you shouldn't raise money there needs to be opportunities for people to give and so, but things can be done in the flesh because you're desperate. And it even has a, um, a, a, a tinge of desperation in it. And they're desperate. We need this. Or we're going to go off the air. You're going to go off the air. Something's not right. Something's not right. Praise God. Hallelujah. That doesn't mean that the enemy can't give you challenges. Doesn't mean that you don't have hurdles and, and obstacles and, and things to overcome, but you shouldn't be going from crisis to crisis. Three months later, help us. We're going to go off the air again. One year later, help us. We're going to go off the air again. Something's not being operated right there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But you get over in the blessing get over in the blessing and you don't have to eat the old manna anymore. Woo. Go into the blessing, go into the blessing, start working the word, follow these principles, stop doing goofy stuff and then expecting God to bail you out with a miracle. Stop living like that. Start living by principles that govern success. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And what happens as you get into that flow of the blessing, that flow of the blessing, it first starts to trickle, starts coming down on you. Then it starts to shower on you. Then it starts to rain on you, then downpour on you. And the blessings begin to overtake you. The blessings begin to overtake you. 
overtake you overtake you praise God praise the Lord <laughs> Woohoo! I used to know what it was like to have these crisis situations and I look back on them and um, I kind of I kind of giggled now but when I was in the midst of them it was not a giggling situation it was whoo, whoo, Lord, come through. Whoo, whoo, glory. Lord, do a miracle. Brother, pray for me. Come into agreement for a miracle. Whoo, glory. Mm. All of that. One, one month later, do it again. Oh, God, I need another miracle. Praise the Lord. My first book, I wrote it, in two, it came out in 2007. And the publisher, a good, a good company, Christian company, uh, said, um, you know, your allotment of books that you need to purchase is 3,000 books. And I, I just said, oh, oh, okay, do I need to purchase uh, 3,000? Can I do 1,000? Nope, you need to do 3,000 books. We're going to promote your book, but we would like for you to promote it too. And so, you know, by, by acquiring 3,000 books, you know, you buy them at this amount, you sell them at that amount. Uh, that way you have a vested interest in this and so forth and so forth. I said, okay, I'll, I'll get my 3,000 books. Well, the first, the first bill came in for the 3,000 books. Hmm. And I need it. I need it $5,000. And uh, I said, Lord, I'm believing for $5,000. Uh, these are my books and I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to get these books out and people are going to be blessed by them. But Lord, I've got to pay. I've got to pay for the uh, for the for the books. So first payment, five thousand dollars. And uh, you know what? I was getting my other bills paid with no struggle. Normal stuff paid, no struggle. But this, uh, it just the money was not coming in. And I'm getting closer and closer to the date where on the invoice it says the money's due. And I got down to the last day. I got down to the last night. Some of you have heard my story of how God came through for me right at the last minute. And sure enough, right at the last minute after, a, after prayer and, you know, you know, just, you know, having this thing holding over my head, you know, right at the last minute, somebody, praise the Lord, gave me $5,000 and that, and the next day that it was due, I got it paid. And I was like, whoo, Lord. And I just sensed to my heart, am I going to have to do this every time? Lord, this, I mean, this is, you know, like uh, you, you expend faith energy when you're doing this. So you, it's like maxing out on the bench press. Uh, you shouldn't do that too often. That's, uh, that's a lot of strain to put something like that on you every time. And um, I just said, Lord, that was, that was tough. And then I began to walk in the wisdom of the Lord. And the Lord began to help me in these areas. Well, Pastor Stephen, how did he help you get it figured out? Did you need more faith so that you could pay the bill? Was your faith not strong enough? What was wrong, Pastor Stephen? What was wrong is that I did not negotiate my purchase contract. I didn't need 3,000 books. Oh, I sold them all. Sold every single one of them. But that's not the point. The point is I should not have purchased 3,000 books up front. Not, not a problem today. Now we have, you know, technology has changed and the, really the whole print industry has been turned upside down on its head. It's been revolutionized. If you're not a, an author, uh, it's okay. Yeah, it, but, but there was this thing that came out uh, 
called print on demand. What's that, Pastor Stephen? That means if you only need 100 books, they only print 100 books. You print on demand. You don't have to do it old school where you buy this big truckload of books up front and you might sell them and you might not. And, and the publisher doesn't really care because once you've got them, they're yours. You've already paid for them. Uh, if you can't move them, that's your problem. And I was in the back office of a pastor one day and I walked into his back inventory room of his church and he had 40,000 books. One book, the same book, 40,000 copies of the same book lined on the shelves. Some of you have never seen 40,000 books one, at one setting. That, uh, th that's tr that truckloads of books, pallets, that's pallets and pallets of books. And I said, I said, Pastor, I said, what of all, what are all these books? He said, that's, uh, he said, that's my book. He said, it was a bestseller. <laughs> and he, he said, I sold a lot of them. He said, these, these are just the ones I didn't sell. But you know, the, the publisher uh, required that I b buy a whole bunch. Back in those days, it was not uncommon that if you had a hot book, you, you had to buy 60,000 copies, 70,000 copies, and maybe you sold a lot. Maybe you sold all of them, but maybe you didn't. And what you got left over with, well, you know, you know, 20 years later, it's not like the book's popular anymore. Maybe they make good book stands. Yes, we can stack them up now and use them for book stands. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. So the Lord said, the Lord said, the reason you had this pressure was the, the the reason you had this crisis situation the reason you needed me to do a miracle for you was because was because you got yourself in a position that was not an ideal position and he said he said you should have negotiated for the amount of books that you needed to purchase and I didn't do that oh I negotiate now quite extensively. I, I negotiate on every point of the contract. I negotiate on everything from uh, what my purchase price is to what the royalty rate is to even what the foreign uh, copyright negotiation purchase laws are. I, I negotiate everything now. There's nothing on that. Con there's not a point on that contract on that 12 page contract that I don't, I don't touch on something. <laughs> and matter of fact, the last time I negotiated, uh, the representative said, Stephen, uh, your negotiations are so, uh, you've gotten us down to a point where like, uh, uh, you know, he basically, you know, it's kind of, kind of like a car salesman. Well, well you know, we're, we're not even going to make any money on this. But as you and I both know, yes, they're still making money on it. Praise God. Great company. But look, hey, this should be fair for everybody. This shouldn't just be win and average. This should be win-win, win-win. But it won't be if you don't say something. It won't be if you don't negotiate. Hey, Pastor Stephen, I, I'm not that kind of a person, though. Well, then you're you're going to be needing a miracle, probably. You're going to be needing a miracle. Pastor Stephen, pray, pray for me that I get a miracle. Okay, I'll pray. And I'll pray the next time that you go back to the table, you, you say what you need to say. <laughs> now, now, God will help you. And I've had those miracles. I've had them. Last minute, sweating, whoo, pressure. Mm, mm. But if you follow principles, walk in wisdom, get out of debt, govern your finances strictly, then 
then those days will be behind you. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Don't violate biblical principles and laws. Don't violate natural laws. Don't violate spiritual laws. When the Bible says, honor your father and mother, it's not put there in the Bible just to take up extra space. Do that. And also honor your father and mother in the Lord. Okay. I honor my pastor. He's much older than I am. A great man of God, great man of God. If, if I could, I'd lay my life down for him. I don't think I'll be given that opportunity to jump in front of him and take a bullet. But if, if that were to happen, I think I would do it. Praise God. Because I am a, I am a recipient of the grace that's on his life. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you want global ministry, you have to get under somebody who has had global ministry. Praise God. Why? Because seed begets seed. Like begets like. You become like what you align yourself with. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Honor your father and your mother. I called my mother today, had a great talk with her. Pastor Stephen, you must have a lot of free time. No, I was busy. I make time for my mother. (laughs) Why? She's my mother, and she brought me into this world. Praise God. And I had a good relationship with my father. Mm. Mm. Honor your father and your mother that it may go well with you. Mm. Why do people in Japan live so long? Oh, Pastor Stephen, the reason they live so long is they don't eat a lot of red meat. They eat a lot of sushi and they eat food very very low in carbohydrates. And that way they don't really have cholesterol problems like we have. Blah, 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 blah. I would suggest that one of the reasons they live a long time and that their culture has such longevity with many of them going over to over a hundred with hardly any, any form of what we know as heart disease in their culture. I would suggest that it's because in their culture, they put a heavyweight premium on honor your father and your mother. And if you work that principle, even if you're a society or a culture like Japan, where the majority of them are not Christian but you work that biblical principle, you honor your father and your mother, then you get the promise attached to it. Even if you're an unbeliever, it will go well with you on the earth and you will live a long time. I present to you that it's not their eating fish and noodles and brown organic rice. I present to you that they are obeying spiritual laws. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Don't, don't violate spiritual laws. Don't violate natural laws. You're, if you do, it'll catch up with you somewhere down the road. That doesn't mean you could abuse your body. Well, Pastor Steve, I'm a person of faith. Praise God. I believe faith. Uh, I believe in faith. God, God will preserve me. Well, you need to take it easy on that lard because just because even if you feel good, the absence of pain is not necessarily an indicator of good health because you can be all gooped up on the inside, clogged up, you know, in the, in your arteries and things like that, uh, because you're, you're, you're not eating in a way that glorifies the Lord. 
You need to take care of yourself. I'm not, I'm not saying you need to eat like you're going to be competing in the, uh, the Olympics that will be coming up in the next round, whenever that is. I'm not saying you're trying to become an, elite, uh, uh, an Olympic athlete. I'm not saying you're trying to get ready to run the Boston Marathon. But I'm just trying to say you should, though, not just throw junk in there. Hallelujah. If you're not going to treat your body like a Ferrari, at least don't treat it like a Yugo. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, treat it like something on the upper level. Praise God. I don't know. Something good. But don't, don't just shove all kinds of stuff in there. Take care of yourself. Praise God. Doesn't mean you need to be a health nut. And you start eating, you know, organic broccoli and uncooked celery and, uh, you know, uh, uncooked uh, uh, cauliflower. And, uh, you know, if you like that, good. Eat all you want. Praise the Lord. And God even gave thumbs up on that. He said, you can all of that. You can eat as much as you want. But uh, I, th- I, think, I think we need to do things in moderation when it comes to these other kinds of foods, particularly in our culture and the Western culture where a lot of the stuff that we eat uh, can be, uh, uh, have a negative impact on your health. But I believe, I believe that spiritual laws are very important because I've seen people abuse their bodies, but yet they keep on going. And I've seen sinners uh, drink and smoke smoke cigars and stuff like that and live live to be over 100 you think of a lot of the comedians bob hope uh uh uh, mr burns uh that you know these guys have already uh lived their lives out but they lived long lives but there's also a blessing of health when you understand laughter a lot of those comedians they live so long because when you laugh you're operating a, a, a principle. Laughter does good. It does good like a medicine. And when you laugh, um, certain endorphins are released into your body, released out of your brain, chemicals that bring healing when you laugh. And you need to learn to laugh at the devil when that fear or intimidation comes. What should I do, Pastor Stephen? Oh, just turn around and laugh. Just laugh at him. Just laugh. Well, I, I don't feel like doing that. Well, just do it. Just laugh at the devil. Just laugh. Just praise the Lord and just laugh at the devil. Ha, ha, ha. I'm blessed. Ha, 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 ha. Woohoo! I'm blessed. Glory to God. Laughter. Mm, work these principles. Work the principles. No more flying by the seat of your pants. Oh, God, give me a miracle. Nope. The man the is nice. And I, I, you know, if God puts manna on my table, I'll eat it. And I, I, I know a lady that that has a very powerful international ministry. And when she ministers, manna appears on her Bible. But you know what? She's not ministering every day. And that, that anointing, those miracles happen as she ministers. But uh, you know, if you wake up Tuesday morning, it's not there. What should we do? There's no manna on the Bible. What should we do? Well, just, you know, you just go to the store and you buy, you buy a wafer and you buy some juice. That's what you do. Praise God. But if it's needed, God will do the miracles. Oh, and he does a lot of them. He does a lot of miracles in my ministry. Every time I minister, there are miracles taking place. Yeah. I mean, if you know that the miracle fragrances begin to happen and healings and deliverances begin to happen, uh, prophecy begins to flow. Praise the Lord. But I like it when I can minister miracles to others and I don't really need a miracle. I like that. 
I like it when I don't really need a miracle, but I like ministering miracles to others. Praise God. So may God take you from that place of being in need to a place where you can now dispense because your needs are met. And now you're over in the blessing. You're over in the blessing. Very quickly, one more scripture, Romans chapter 15, Lord Jesus, we give you praise. Hmm. Hallelujah. I see that as you operate in the principles of the word, your life begins to get ironed out, smoothed out, and the crisis, the crisis situation ends. It's done. And if it, some of you, you're struggling with what I'm trying to teach you today, but if you'll just sit down with your Bible and the Holy Spirit and look back over every crisis situation, if you will examine it, look at it closely, you'll see that most of them, if not 90% of them could have been avoided through the proper application of wisdom. If you had applied wisdom, you never would have ended up in that place of a crisis. Now there will be some things we will need the supernatural miracle intervention of God. But outside of that, just by walking in wisdom, applying the principles, moving into the blessing, going into the promised land through the principles of the blessing, the miracle, uh, the miracle man Why? You don't, you don't need that. You don't need that. The blessing is permanent. Miracles are temporary. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise today. Romans chapter 15, verse 29, the apostle Paul speaking, but I know that when I come to you, the church there in Rome, I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. He didn't say I'm coming to you with a bag of miracles. He said, I will come to you in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. And that's what I want you to understand. Get over into the flow of the blessing, get over into the flow of the blessing. Yes. You can operate in miracles for others, for others operate in signs and wonders and miracles for others to be blessed, for others to be built up. Oh yes, if you need one, God will do it for you. But it's better to be in a place. It is a more blessed position to be in when you don't need a miracle. Why? Because you're walking in the blessing and the blessing has swallowed your life up in such a way where you don't need a miracle. Glory to God. Now you understand I'm not anti-miracle. I'm total Pentecostal I don't swing from the chandeliers, but sometimes I come pretty close to it. But yes, I love miracles. Hallelujah. But I also understand the blessing is the normal mode of living miracles. Again, temporary suspension of natural laws. And once they're over, we go back to the natural laws operate in the blessing. Woo. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. Paul coming to you with the blessing. I'm teaching you about the value of the blessing in Christ. Ephesians chapter one, all the blessings are yours in Christ. Galatians chapter three, because of what Christ did for us at Calvary, 
by being hung on the cross, we have now been grafted into all of the blessings that were available in the Abrahamic covenant, as well as everything associated through what Christ has done in the new covenant, uh, the walk in the spirit, eternal life, all these other blessings as well. Praise God. You're tied in now through Christ. Understand the power of the blessing. You are blessed in Christ. Realize that. Realize that. Let the blessing work. Work the principles of the blessing. It gets stronger and stronger and stronger on your life. It doesn't mean you're less spiritual. It just means that you're growing up. You're growing up. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. A lot of those last second, last miracle, uh, last minute miracles, I don't have them anymore. It's not that I'm less spiritual. It, it, it just means that I've actually, I'm more spiritual. I've grown with the Lord. I don't need them now. Things are working the way they're supposed to. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not living crisis the crisis. Those days are over with. And I prophesy over your life. I declare over your life that from this moment on, your crisis, the crisis situation ends today in the name of Jesus. Now look carefully, look honestly at what the Holy Spirit would share with you. He'll show you these things that if you'll stop it, that will cease. If you, if you behave in this way, this will work right. If you will do this, this problem will end. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Follow biblical principles that govern wealth. Don't try to think you can get in through some other door. Mm, that's what the enemy does. Tries to climb up some other way. No, Jesus is the door. Come in through his teachings and you'll be able to lay down in the green pastures prepared for his sheep, prepared for you. Don't try to come in some other way. Pastor Stephen, I'm going to win the lottery. If you do, God had nothing to do with it. And if you do, those, those, uh, means of prosperity are not blessed. Not at all. Not at all. I don't want anything to do with stuff like that. Praise God. Walk in the blessing. You don't need that st silly stuff. I don't need to work some kind of a Ponzi scheme and take advantage of people because, well, there's no other way to get it. Oh, no, no, no. We can do this the right way and be blessed. And God's blessing is working. And I declare it's working in your life. You need to realize you're blessed. You're blessed. Hallelujah. You're not designed to be operating in survival mode. No, that's not your heritage. That's not your portion. Yours is that of Canaan land abundance of overflow because you really can't be a blessing until you're blessed. You can't pour out until it's, you know, you can really just have that ability to do that. Praise God. God's making you into that blessing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Examine any areas where you would be violating principles, violating even natural laws. Examine them and determine that it ends today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. I declare your crisis days are finished. Goodbye, manna. It was nice, but I'm going to go get a filet mignon. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm, mm, mm. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, we praise you. We praise you in Jesus' name.
you're coming into your Canaan land it's good glory to God let's take communion today praise the Lord hallelujah Mm. Lord Jesus we thank you today glory to God my friend it has the miracle ministry with manna appearing it's for others that when it appears she opens the Bible it appears it's for others to partake of it so that they can take communion together thank you Lord Jesus the miracles that happen in my ministry are for meeting the needs of others that's some things that some ministers don't even understand that they don't understand that when the miracles happen in their ministries for others and then when it, they need a miracle it, it won't happen and that they don't understand that the pouring out is for others but if they need it if they want it they're going to have to use their faith just like those who are receiving are using their faith to receive some never understood that and never lived their lives out to their full length of time praise God Father, we thank you today for the bread and the juice. We bless it. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. As you partake of the body of Christ, say, my crisis days are over. Say it again. Say, my crisis days are over. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. We thank you, Father. We now receive by faith the body of Jesus. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, will you pray for me if I need a miracle? Absolutely. I absolutely will. But you and I both know where you're going. You're going into a place where you're walking in the blessing, and you're not going to need uh, the Lord to always do that for you. But I'll be there to pray for you. Uh, contact me an email send it to me we'll get it and I will pray for you thank you Lord Jesus and the Lord will do a miracle I've had him do it over and over over and over but I like being in a place where I I don't need it because don't ever forget you can't force God to do a miracle and where you're in a crisis situation and uh, you know it's just not it's not a it's not a place you want to live at praise the Lord come into the land of blessing praise God praise the Lord work the principles that cause that blessing to flow Mm -mm. you do that God will bless the work of your hands Deuteronomy 28 12 God will bless the work of your hands oh by the way he can't bless it if you're not doing anything and if you do want to have your own business You've got to give him something to work with. He'll bless the work of your hands, but you're going to have to do something in order for him to bless it. Praise God. So make a decision and do something. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Lord, we've all made mistakes. We've all missed it. Lord, I've missed it. And I thank you that you taught me that there was a better way. And I begin to come into the path of the blessing. I begin to come into revelation of like, oh, oh, this is how I do it. If I do it your way, it works. And so, Lord, my way began to dry up. And I was very happy to see it come to an end. So, Father, I thank you. Let there be grace poured out. There are some people watching that are in desperate places. They're in tight spots. They need deliverance. Lord, bring them out of that so that you might bring them in in to their promised land we thank you father god 
We're going to follow the instruction book to the letter. Every detail. We're going to do it by the book. Thank you, Father. Following the principles of your, of your word. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. We receive the blood of Jesus with great rejoicing. Thank you, Father God, that you are turning situations around. If you need a miracle, drink this, stand up, drink it, and turn around. And trust God to do a miracle. Let us receive now in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. See, when Oral Roberts received that revelation, where the Lord told them there's a miracle coming to you or past you every day, there's a miracle coming that's what happens when you walk in the blessing miracles coming and th these are the types of miracles well it's not like it's not like you need them they are just God's adding God's adding so grab them they will enhance your life you're looking for that person somebody want God wants you to meet you're looking at that 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 call that contact that blessing there is a miracle coming there is a miracle coming. It's just that it's a wonderful thing when you don't need it in order to survive. Why? You're thriving. And from that place of peace, it's much easier even to grab the miracles that God is sending. You're calm. You're, you're happy. You're confident. God's word is working. You're blessed. Okay, now I'm relaxed. Now I can see it very easily. There's my miracle. Boom. I'll take that. I receive that by faith. Glory to God. But it's not fun when you're under pressure and you need it because you can't force it to happen. Praise the Lord. And they're temporary. They're temporary. But blessings are abiding. They're daily. They're daily. Just like natural laws. Sun's coming up tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Yes, it is. Well, you just never know, Pastor Stephen, what might happen. No, no, no. I know what's going to happen. You're going to wake up in the morning, and the sun will come up. Well, we'll see about that. Yep, you sure will. And we all will. And as we all know, it's coming up. Praise God. There's a few out there who's, who are like, well, I, I, I don't know if that's reliable. No, it's reliable. Why? God formed it as a natural law. It's coming up tomorrow morning. <laughs> and the moon's coming out tonight. Hallelujah. So work his laws. Don't violate them. That's why people end up needing miracles many times. It's because of that. Or they violate spiritual laws. Then they get in trouble. They need a miracle. Walk in the light of the word. Everything is getting brighter and beautiful for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people. I pray for your people. No more going from crisis to crisis. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, as we leave today, if you're, if you're brave enough to do it in your quiet time, in your private place, you could even sit down with the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I remember that situation where I, ne I really needed a, I needed a bailout. I needed a miracle. What, what was going on there? What happened so that I can never be in that situation? What, what was the wrong step? What was the mistake of why I got there so that I can avoid that and that never happen again? Learn in the situations where you have desperation. Learn why did I get in that place so that you'll never do it again? Well, I got a miracle. I got out. 
But did you learn from it? Did you learn why you got there in the first place? Well, who cares as long as I got out and got a miracle? Well, we care, we care because we want to walk in wisdom. We want to walk in the blessing. If you are, if you're brave enough, if you are yielded enough to ask the Holy Spirit, he'll show you why that happened. And he, he would never condemn you. He'll show you why this happened because of this. And he'll comfort you and say, be of good cheer. You're going to walk in the wisdom of God now, and you'll never know that route again. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lord, we give you glory and praise. Hallelujah. I see the wisdom of God increasing upon your life. And that wisdom also causes you to be very cautious. Not that you're fearful at all. It's just that you're wise. And it causes you to ask more questions. Oftentimes many more questions. And, And you're just growing in that wisdom of God. You're growing in the way that God operates. Growing in the knowledge of that. Praise the Lord. And your life is getting much easier praise the Lord. The glory of the Lord is your portion and it's rising on you and getting brighter. Mm, I see the golden glory of God upon your mind, upon your life. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. The blessings of the Lord overtaking your life. I see you on the golden path of God's blessing. You're walking on that golden path that God has for you. God has a path of blessing for you and you love it. You enjoy it. You will not deviate from it. You appreciate it. You value it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Father God, the right doors opening. Thank you. Father God, the wrong doors closing father. We give you praise in Jesus name. You are blessed. My friends, thank you for watching. I'll see you back next time. Enjoy your time in the promised land. That's where you belong. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.